0: Welcome to Built by Us, a podcast created by Democracy North Carolina, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization dedicated to building a political system that works for all. My name is Rodriguez. I'm your host, and in this episode, Taylor and I look to 2020 and talk about the rising American electorate. You know, a lot of different groups are starting to and have been stepping up to the plate in terms of politics. Young people, single women, and people of color, specifically the Latinx community in NC, have been consistently showing up in greater numbers. Keep listening to find out why and more about their impacts.
1: So today on the podcast, we'll be talking about the RAE, which stands for the Rising American Electorate. So these are the people that are new to voting or people have voted just a few times, you know, folks that are historically marginalized. So either it had been very difficult for them to vote or politicians weren't speaking directly to them, you know, things like that. So the RAE is the group of people that we at MNC want to focus on as well as other, you know, advocacy groups want to make sure that... It's the people that we want to make sure turn out to the polls because these are people that have specific issues that are important to them and they've largely been ignored or, you know, just pushed aside a little bit. The people who fall under the category of RAE would be single women, uh,
0: people of color, and the youth. I feel like the first one that comes to my mind when I think about it is youth because it's like such a large population. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that groups like us and just in general, that it's important that people are empowering the youth to become more involved and know what's going on and becoming more active in their community. Because at the end of the day, like these are the people that, that are going to be inheriting the future.
1: Right. So these policies affect us in particular as young people because we're we're living so much longer than the people who are in power right now, or at least most of them, right? So at least most.
0: <laughs> in the
1: least most. <laughs> so that's why it's important to us that we, you know, have our say and elect the people that we agree with
0: the most because the policies are the ones that we have to deal with. I know so many young people that are doing so many amazing things literally every day, (laughs) especially here at App State, because for some reason App State is just like this breeding ground for student leaders, advocates and activists. So I don't know all the details. Taylor probably knows more than me, but I know here at App State, specifically early voting and having a position in our union was something that was really important to us students, especially these past couple of years. And students showed up in numbers to like board of elections meetings or just like mm-hmm. protests in general. Like, they were like, Hey, like, we want to make a more accessible early voting system in Watauga County. And like, they did it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Appalachian State has, in my opinion, arguably the best setup for early voting in the whole UNC system. Y'all's early voting location is in the student union. And you're right, you know, in 2015 and 2016, one of my colleagues was here specifically working with students, making sure that all those fights were working, right? That Mm. lobbying the board of elections was working to get the location in here. And it was like, that's a testament to the type of students that go here, you know, the things that matter to you, all the values you have. Mm. And And the fact that you can get it done, right? And there are numbers to back it up that it was successful. And even without that, I do remember seeing a video of the first day of early voting when it first got here in the Uh union. And the line was crazy. (laughs) um which long lines are bad but it in this moment it was a good thing because it meant that y'all were all turning out like we just need to take the barriers away yeah because like you can't walk too many places in boone like because there's big highways surrounding everything so like hills are hard (laughs) it's really steep you get tired fast so having it here was a big deal so i will share some of the numbers just in case you don't believe us right (laughs) maybe you don't believe us So we do know that turnout is great. In 2018, during the first three days of early voting, just here, nearly 2,000 votes were cast just in the first three days. And similarly, in 2016, the first three days saw over 3,000. And overall, I found in an article that in 2018, overall, almost 4,000 votes were cast here at App State Plemons, which is the student union. And then an extra 3,200 administration building on King Street. So those are two you know, school-focused so that students and faculty, and that's amazing. Like, that is is a really high turnout for, you know, your school isn't, like, gigantic or anything. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's a really good blueprint for other schools to use that, yes, it may feel like a pain to put early voting in the union because... It's already busy enough as it is, but it's it's worth it. It's something that should be done.
0: Yeah, I know that's something that was really important to us, and you did mention that we are a smaller school. What did early voting look like at Chapel Hill when you were
1: working there? When I was organizing with students at UNC, we fought really hard and could only get it at a church right off campus, mm-hmm. and so that was, like, we were happy with that because it was really close, but we still had to, like, me and my students, like, we duct-taped arrows on onto the ground <laughs> to create a path.
0: So it was like a win, it was like a <laughs> compromise. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you know, I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but turnout was still great, but we had to do so much extra work. Yeah. And I know that there wasn't a me on campus here in yeah. 2018. So those numbers happened Just because it was easy, right? So if there were organizers doing all that work, it maybe could be a little bit higher. But taking away the barrier is like the most important thing. Yeah.
0: And you said like there weren't people like you doing the organizing work here and i think students realize that and they try to make up for that Mm -hmm. themselves in a way yeah i know so many people that spend so much of their time just focusing on like registering students to vote here or telling them how to or educating them on the elections that are coming up who's in them just like they do so much to try to create an informed student body here at appalachian state And anytime I talk about things like this, the first person I think Mm -hmm. of is Lee Franklin. Best guy I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know Lee himself just last year. He served as the director of external affairs for student government. And so he focused a lot on that early voting in our union Mm -hmm. during those 2018 numbers. And I know Lee was just like, never in the office. He was <laughs> always here way past five, just with forms and showing people where to go. And he was just so involved in that process. And he was so passionate about people using our early voting side and people early voting in general. Mm-hmm. And it's just really inspirational to see students like that. He sounds like a really great leader to have here on campus. And he is.
1: (laughs) When I mean, I I've been doing political work since I graduated. But when I was in college, I was doing more like service work. Yeah, it wasn't exactly the same. And so I am always curious to hear about how like the super politicized students like come to be yeah uh, because for me it happened just like a little bit later.
0: And I actually got a chance to sit down with Lee Franklin and to talk about his journey and how he got to this point of being just so involved. And this is what that sounded like.
2: Hi, my name's Lee Franklin. I The way that I got involved in the political process was I had always been interested in politics, you know, throughout all of middle school and high school and all of that. But when I came to Appalachian State, it was right in the middle of the 2016 presidential election, and so I got involved with voter registration both through College Democrats and the Student Government Association. Now, both of those roles kind of grew for me, so I started you know, doing voter registration with the External Affairs Committee and Student Government, and eventually I was able to move up and serve as the Director of External Affairs there, where I was advocating for students on really the the local and the state level. With College Democrats, I eventually got a job with the local uh, Watauga County Democratic Party and served as their field director for three years um, and worked there for a very long time. The reason I really enjoy politics is, and working in politics, especially in, in being involved with the field, is that you can see the impact of your work in real time. Um, you know, we always say every vote counts, but especially on the local level, you can really see how every vote makes a difference. So that has been a really rewarding experience. We just had an election in November, um, obviously, where we saw the result be decided by less than 100 votes. And so it's pretty clear that, you know, the work that we do to get young people out to vote and it, you know, can absolutely make a difference. The reason it's so important for young people to be involved is because, you know, this is our future that's on the line. I mean, not just in terms of talking about our environment, but in terms of of, of what our government is doing. You know, are we going to have a government that is representative of, of the people? You know, young people are a part of that. We need to be having our voices heard. Are the programs that the government will provide, will they be working? Will Social Security be funded by the time we're old enough to be recipients of it you know those are questions that have to be answered right now which impact us more than anybody else as young people and so that's why you know and of course like i said before the climate (laughs) you know are we going to have a world to live in is there going to be food (laughs) is our society going to be able to even exist in the future that's you know where young people have to step in and make their voices heard right now. And the good news is there are a lot of young people who are eligible to vote who can absolutely change the outcomes of elections. In 2018, we saw the highest youth turnout in the past 40 years, and we saw a huge swing in the outcome of elections all across the country. And so it is very obvious that young people can make a huge difference, and, and we have to make a huge difference, and that's why we need to be so involved.
0: Just from hearing what Lee said, it's obvious that students are passionate and care about these issues that are going on in our community. And personally, it's really inspiring to see because I feel like a lot of the opposition creates this narrative that students just don't care about voting or mm-hmm. they vote, but they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think that's wrong. And it's underestimating a large population of our electorate or at least our rising electorate. Mm -hmm. And I think it's unfair.
1: It's an annoying thing that, you know, people like us have to like work to overcome because like when we say the opposition, that like means like people who, who don't want us to vote, right? And when I yeah. say us, like youth, like we're talking about the rising yeah, the rising American electorate. Mm-hmm. So the, there are people that don't want us to vote because we have different new ideas. We want a shift in the power. And so the opposition creates this false narrative of apathy that we don't care so we don't turn out. And if they say it enough, then the general public accepts it. Yeah, start to believe it. Yeah, so that's why you'll see certain like headlines will have that same vibe, you know, that like, will they care this year? You know, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> we care all the time. It just depends on how hard it is to get out. Yeah. Um. Especially compared to you know when you compare it to the, the general population, like we're not voting extremely less. <laughs> like, it's not like one percent compared to ninety percent. It's not like that. So it's just getting over those barriers. And then this other thing that's specific to college students or um, youth who are like more transient because you know maybe we're working different jobs. Yeah. Um. Because that's something about millennials, my generation. We switch jobs like pretty quickly so we're moving around Mm -hmm. college students are moving around and this is something that isn't is makes voting harder right because you have to re-register and all that but i remember hearing on our voter hotline last year someone was taking a call and the what i could hear was like oh well do you plan to move back to your hometown if you do you should vote there Or do you think you're going to stay in X city? I hear this all the time. Which is, like, I understand why you're asking that question, but legally, like, there was a Supreme Court decision. Legally, like, students can vote in their college town. Like, and thinking about, like, it's not just presidential, it's not just midterms. Like, think about your municipalities, like your mayor and town council. Like, you are allowed to vote where you live at the time because policies affect you at that time. Yeah. Right? And so I think it's frustrating that... people. People still think about, like, oh, well, like, where do you really live?
0: And, I mean, when you think about it, people who are working a job or Mm -hmm. going to school, like, they're there for a large amount of time. Still, it's not like they're there for a week, they're voting, and they're leaving. Like, they're there for a majority of the year when they are there.
1: Right. Exactly. So it's like when I was organizing, I never tried to push students to do absentee at home. Yeah. Even if they were like, I'm pretty sure I'll move back there. But like plans change. Like you Mm -hmm. don't know, like you should just vote wherever. In my opinion, like I think voting in person is the easiest thing. I mean, sometimes you can do absentee, but like, I don't know. I don't dress male necessarily. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, I know it's that... really <laughs> inopportune with the whole system we have here. I don't, I don't
1: get to see the ballot go. I don't get to see a count. So, like, I love like voting in person, and so it's just like I want you to vote in the way that you're most comfortable. And if you don't know where you're going to be living next year, that's fine. Like, yeah. just vote where you live.
0: And in all these issues we're talking about, I always see young people like at the forefront of these fights Mm -hmm. that i feel like we never thought we would be having to fight in a way and i always think back to like these slogans that people have been saying are like children are the future and and it just kind of leaves it in this place where it's like we have to fix it like it's our responsibility to fix Mm -hmm. the future for ourselves Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's a little unfair and lazy yeah that's something
1: that we talked about a lot this summer with the, the Dem summer students, because you're right. Like it has become our responsibility as the youth, because this is our future to inherit. So, yeah. so we care. So we want to fix it, but how, how irresponsible is it of people in power right now? Like, spec- yeah. like it makes me think of a lot of like all the climate change stuff, like, yeah, just like destroy the earth. Cause I'm going to die soon. Yeah. And so it's pretty frustrating that, That it has become our responsibility because older generations and the people in power who are making decisions that are bad knowingly, like they are knowingly making Mm -hmm. bad decisions, whether it has to do with climate change or suppressing the vote, making bad decisions to create a future that could be worse. So we have to fix it. So
0: it's like it sucks, but we're all we got. So we have to do it. It's (laughs) like there's not really another option. Right. And it's unfortunate, but (laughs) here we are. That's where we're at. (laughs) And young people aren't the only people who are victims of their circumstance in a way.
1: Yeah, as as I said at the beginning another group of the rising American electorate are people of color. And so, you know, those are folks with all different backgrounds and all different stories. Um, And so if you wanted to hear a snapshot, our podcast last week was about the Latinx community. And so they're one of the groups that would fall into this category. Um, And then, like I said, another category would be single women, single mothers. You know, I guess I'm technically single. I'm unmarried. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we have as, as single women, we have more specific, issues that are have to do with us, you know, because I myself, all my friends, you know, people I know, like we're all very serious feminists, like Mm -hmm. with the Me Too movement and everything that's going on in terms of, you know, like the Equal Pay Act that's been trying to go around. These are issues that matter to us. And again, most of our representation doesn't look like that.
0: Obviously, like single women hold a lot of different identities or have the ability to hold a lot of different identities. And with that comes a lot of different issues that are specific to sometimes each of those individual identities. And so a lot of single women or single mothers have a lot of things that just matter a lot to them, like childcare mm-hmm. or their children are in schools or reproductive rights mm-hmm. or equal pay. And there's just so many intersectional identities that have so many different issues that are in their lives that they have to start. They, if they aren't voting for themselves who is going to and single mothers like they're voting for their
1: children right yeah you said schools and like childcare. you know they need to have programs that help them because if you're a single mom that means you have to work and yeah. take care of your yeah. child so like you don't have that much time mm-hmm. so you need like good good child care good schools near you near your job so that you can raise your family and and provide for them So I think like single women are rising because basically it's like think of every identity that's ever been suppressed. Yeah. Right. And everyone who's experienced depression. like we are on the rise because we're at this point in society where like we know so much more. Mm -hmm. We can educate Mm -hmm. ourselves better. So we know enough to start caring about. The issues that affect us and we're learning how it directly goes into policy yeah so i think that that's just how you would think about it as like just someone with a specific identity turning them into a voter yeah
0: and that's I think that's a good argument for exactly how this rising American electorate is rising. Like a lot of us are learning a lot more about our government than we knew before. And we are becoming more informed on these issues that are becoming more relevant in our lives. And so it just makes sense that these groups that now have an adequate amount of access to this information are like, hey,
2: <laughs> we
0: need to start doing something about this. <laughs> not like it. Yeah. yeah. And so it just makes sense that these people with these different identities are starting to show up in larger numbers Mm -hmm. so on the come up
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i mean every time we have this type of conversation i just i just get really excited about 2020 future yeah Yeah. like we're the future like the composition of not only our state but the our country the world is changing it's changing like Uh, we're we're all becoming more diverse we're all learning about what those diverse identities mean like we're learning from each other And so, like, even though some things are hard and we have to fight, like, a lot of shit, it still feels
0: exciting. Yeah. It's still really exciting that this is happening. It's going to get better. Yeah. We're going to see change. Mm -hmm. Wait on it.
1: (laughs) Go vote. So we hope you show up to vote in 2020, primary and general, both times. (laughs) Both times. (laughs) And by doing so, you'll be helping us create a North Carolina that is built by us. And thank you for listening
0: to this podcast made up by and for the people. Bye. Bye. Connect with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at DemocracyNC or you can visit our website at democracync.org.